talk we're so happy to have you today we love our audience we do hello you guys everyone. are you guys are a good bunch we're starting to get some e- email feedback from you and we love your stories and we'll put together some episodes for that um, so keep sending everything into us uh, just as a refresher if you're new to us I'm Jamie Baker I'm Sarah Matthews and we are tackling the good the bad the excuse me the good the bad the <laughs> ugly of nursing um, and just trying to create a conversation and a dialogue uh, that is nurse-driven and talk about topics that are really bothering people in the workforce um, or things that are making you happy and things that you love about nursing because in today's society, it's <laughs> easier and easier to become more disgruntled with our jobs. You're exactly right. I actually got a really sweet um, Instagram message we got a really sweet Instagram message um, from a listener who said, uh, "Just a, and, and we could read it and do another episode about it, but um, just that the, you know she had a really good night with really amazing coworkers, and it made her remember why she was doing wh- what we're doing, and it was good good feedback to remember what we're doing this for." Yeah, sometimes the team makes or breaks you. Absolutely so, correct. Yes. So, so be that team member for your people. That's exactly um, right. Yeah, and so we're coming off more of a fun, lighthearted episode, um, which, if you listened to the last one, was Ghost Stories and Superstitions. We wanted to lighten it up because the episode before that was Ethical Considerations, which I listened back to that episode, and I think it's really important stuff, but it was very heavy, even for me to re-listen to it. Um, I Like, I could just hear my mouth, my jaw drop in some of those <laughs> conversations, and... I, and I know that these are things that need to be talked about because if they're dropping my jaw and I have nothing to say about it, it is serious. Oh, yeah. If we don't have a comment on it, you know something's going on. That's right. So um, so I wanted to bring it back full circle, um, and we kind of teased about this last week a little bit, um, but we will talk about something that I definitely have something to say about, as I mm-hmm. know do you, um, which is mandatory flu vaccinations. And I'm not just talking about voluntary flu vaccinations, but mandatory mandatory flu vaccinations for healthcare workers. Um, and as you continue to listen to Sarah and I, um, we very frequently tend to fall on the same lines of thoughts uh, about most issues. But this particular issue is one in which we are sort of diametrically opposed. Uh, and obviously, obviously there's gray areas um, but we we have purposely abstained from debating it with each other for the sake of the podcast. Oh, we so wanted should... to debate it live with you so that That's you right. could be the awkward guest at our dinner party where the couple's <laughs> fighting. That's right. Please join us while this couple <laughs> fights. <laughs> Come sit down and Come put your grin seat. on. Have a glass of wine that you're going to finish too quickly. And not know what to do because you feel awkward to ask. They're fighting. I can't ask for another glass of wine while they're fighting. Just go get yourself a glass of wine. You can <laughs> you can get up during our fight and go drink. That's okay. We're okay with that. We, You know what? Pour us a glass, too. In fact, okay. bring it in. Let's do it. All right. So, Sarah, I am going to give you the honor of oh, starting God. this one off. Okay. All right. 
Mandatory flu vaccines, your opinion, and go. Okay. So, before I start making all my examples and all my, um, you know, reasons and different, you know, circumstances, et cetera, et cetera, I'm going to make a sweeping declaration first. Oh, boy. I really can't wait for this. No, you already know what I, it is. Because I feel like if you have to have caveats attached to it already, I'm not I have like caveats it. attached to everything, and I feel like that makes me less decisive, and that's boring. So I am going to say right now that I am in favor of mandatory flu vaccines. Okay. I did okay. already know that. You did already know that. The mm-hmm. reason I felt like I had to add that is because some places do mandatory in that you have to either get them or opt out, but then wear a mask for the duration of flu season. And then some have it where they are mandatory. And if you do not get your flu shot, you are fired from this institution. It's a condition of employment. Correct. That is on my list. Um, Condition of employment. That reminds me a little bit of a hospital that I worked at that had a complete nicotine-free policy, including, um, like, drug testing for it. So, like, not Mm -hmm. even, like, you couldn't even smoke on your off time. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, which I took, I don't smoke, but I took opposition too because I thought that was unfair. Um, well, you know the reason for that. I mean, it's just the higher cost of insurance, higher missed days of work, everything like that associated with breaks. smokers. Yeah, sure. Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. I had well, a friend that told me other... he, t- he took up smoking just for the breaks. <laughs> well, smokers take a lot of breaks. I'm a former I mean, smoker. I do yeah, and all that. Good, good for them. Okay. Okay, um, flu vaccines. Digression. Flu, flu vaccine. Damn it. Women. So, I, I, and maybe you just need to help me understand okay. the particular reasons why people wouldn't want them. Oh, I can't wait to tell you. The I can't wait reasons. to hear them. Maybe you'll change my mind and I'll end up leaving this conversation being like, fuck the mandatory flu vaccinations. <laughs> but I don't right. think I'm going to. I feel, I feel perfectly content with my with my uh position okay well what is your position other than that you should get them what what are you what are you saying to support this opinion that we work in a unique environment in which our physical well-being impacts the people that we are caring for okay while that while that um may not seem fair you you know if i go into a random office and I'm, you know, insert random office job here, and I'm mm-hmm. drunk. I'm going to be disruptive, and I'm going to maybe impact some work a little bit, but I'm not going to affect a human life in the same way. And there's a reason why there's stricter rules and laws and things about licensure and things like that. So being obviously pro-vaccine across the board, of course, um, and sorry, sorry, I hope very much that you're not anti-vaxxer at heart because that's a problem. Um but I am not I am not an anti <laughs> Okay, just checking. <laughs> um we need to protect our patients who are vulnerable and that that's why I, that at, at its core that's why I support it. Okay. Well, with that being said though, so you have there are over over 200 identified flu-like illnesses or um, ILIs, influenza-like illnesses, that uh, only about 10% have actually been shown to be influenza. And so 
what you're protecting against these respiratory infections is such a small percentage of what is actually being spread via droplets um, throughout the hospital. So I hear what you're saying about protecting our patients. Um, why can that not be effectively covered with a mask? Because I think they know people are non-compliant with the mask. I mean, I. <laughs> I so just you're saying feel that like... alternatively, everyone should wear a mask at all times during flu season? No, I'm saying if you want to decline the flu shot in order to protect oh. yourself and your patients, that should be an option. So, okay, I so agree with, of... no, I agree with that. So that's the place. The place that I worked. Um, where I was like on the floor and it was like more crucial and it was a hotter topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the option where you could opt out to get it, but you had to wear a mask all during flu season. I'm fine with that. I don't, I, as an, I don't think you should be fired for this. Well, oh, well, and that, so that's, that's my point is this whole conversation is really revolving around mandatory flu vaccines. Like hundred percent mandatory. It's a condition of employment. So you get your flu shot or you lose your job. And from that perspective, I am. But what's the harm in getting the flu shot? Like all things being equal. So I'm not taking not talking about someone who is um, physically compromised in some way and and Mm -hmm. it's it's contraindicated for them. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, I I worked with a woman that said that her mother got was paralyzed after her flu shot. It's because of the flu shot. And I'm like, explain to me as a nurse what that even what? Well, you, you, there have been instances of Guillain-Barre associated with vaccinations, particularly influenza, um, which if you, if you, if you end up getting Guillain-Barre as a result of the flu vaccination, then you can't take the flu vaccination anymore. But that's okay because even in the, even in the places where it's a condition of employment, you're excused for reasons like that. But what I'm talking, okay, here's what I'm talking about. Um, so the, these are my issues with being forced to being forced is the operative word. Take the flu vaccination as a condition of employment. It's the flu shot or your job is that a first of all, the flu shot has n- the annual flu vaccination has no long term testing on it. So when you look at vaccinations as a, as a whole, and I am not an anti-vaxxer, I 100% believe in vaccinations. I vaccinate my children for everything except the flu. Um, and the reason I do so is because there's long term testing on it. I can look at a polio vaccination and know that it's a polio vaccination ha- that's been given for 30 years and there's no long term residual effects of any of the ingredients in that or anything like that. The annual flu vaccination has none of that. How long so, has the annual flu vaccination been around? It's new every single year. Oh, I see. What it's because it's a new, it's a new f- combo of them. It's a new combo, it's a new formula every single year. Um, So that's the first point. The second point is that there's no guaranteed effectiveness upon getting it. So last year, I remember when we were getting ready to give the flu shots, um, the CDC was saying essentially it was only, they were predicting about 30% effectiveness of the flu. And they were saying, so, you know, if you, 
get the flu shot, you know, and you do end up getting the flu, it may shorten the course of your flu. But realistically, how do you know that? How do you know that my flu course was shorter because I got the flu vaccination? You can't look at that until afterwards. So you're making predictive analysis on on something that you're going to look at retrospectively. I mean, that's true of all vaccines, though. Like, I don't know for sure that I'm going to get chicken pox, but I had the vaccine, and so I won't. Like, but, like, it it was preemptive because my I don't know if I was ever going to get the chicken pox as a child or an adult. Yeah, but you're looking at a vaccination that essentially has been being administered for... Well, gosh, I don't know how long has varicella been going, like 15 years? Because we didn't get the vaccination when I was a kid. When no, I was, I was a kid, like the you... first like group that did, I think. Okay, Which so it 20, would have been, I mean, it would have been 25 years? years ago, yeah. Yeah, so, so you have 25 years of research on looking at that vaccination and saying that you're, you're getting the herd immunity there. You're saying Flu that it's vac- easy to say that it's successful after I mean retrospectively I mean of course well yes but I'm saying you can't do that with the flu because it's only it's not it's different every year so what you're looking at is just a a 12 month period of time I just so what like can you and I to be honest with you didn't look up this specific particular no that's okay um like risks associated with like unexpected risks associated with the flu shot. Like what percentage of people who received the flu shot experienced some kind of negative insert whatever here? Well, <clears throat> I think the majority of people, their negative reaction is essentially soreness at the injection site. Which, yeah, not feeling well. Wah, wah. I don't yeah, care about that. No, shut like up. that's any shot, whatever. So, so like, I mean, like a the- truly like a reason that you would be like, this is not a safe vaccination to receive well i say that because i don't know okay for example let's look at let's look at a drug levaquin okay there's a lot of turmoil about levaquin right now and Mm -hmm. and other fluoroquinolones so this drug has been out for when did levaquin i'm gonna put out there maybe 10 years um, ish. I mean, I'm gonna agree with you because I have absolutely no idea. So that sounds great. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Would you like me to Google it while you're <laughs> while you're no, talking? No, that's all right. But I mean, so let let's say hypothetically it's been ten years. I mean, the actual amount of time is sort of irrelevant. I think that's a reasonable ballpark. Um, it certainly was a newer drug on the market when I was a new nurse, um, and it's been used increasingly for like pneumonia and things like that. But now it's 10 years later, okay, and we're talking about side effects and adverse reactions of this medication that has been on the market for 10 years. So when, when you look at, at pharmaceuticals like this, okay, there are things that come out about medications years down the road. And so I would be remiss to say that that's not possible with a flu shot that has no length of time to be evaluated because it's new every year. Sure. So that's, I mean, that's one point of contention against it. It's just, there's there's just no emergency response in its own way. Cause it's like, this is the, 
emergency response to this year's slew of potential, you know, risks of, you know, whichever strains or whatever that we're trying to protect people from. Right. But you have to understand they're making these concoctions based on the Australian flu epidemic. And so they're trying to they're trying to predict what will hit us. So and these batches are made well in advance. They're not brewing up these batches today. These batches were brewed over last winter for this year, you know, and so so the effectiveness is not guaranteed at all. I haven't heard actually from those. I haven't heard from the CDC reports this year what kind of effectiveness they're predicting. But I do feel like we're going to have a nasty flu season this year based on all the respiratory I've been seeing so far. I mean, I um, think that like the even the prediction of the effectiveness is kind of a wild guess as well, because that's something that like like. I saw a quote once, and this is about vaccinations in general, and someone can tell me who said this because it was a good quote, that it's hard to justify the means when the measure of success is the lack of something. Well, that's true. The measure of success is that you don't have as many flu cases, that you do not know how many there were going to be anyway. Now, if there were going to be zero and it it affected it, it not at all, Okay, then like let's you know then get rid of it entirely. If there were going to be a million and we had a hundred thousand, that's pretty. You know, it's hard to like right. to measure success in that way. I I I agree and I understand and that's a that's a very valid point. Um, but there's really nothing you can do about that. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're exactly right. I mean, you're absolutely right. So, you know, so it is you know being proactive and looking ahead. Um, okay, so the other the other point is that um, I can't stand that it has made a condition of employment. And there's been numerous lawsuits about this, none of which I know the names of because I haven't delved deeply into them enough. But we fight in this country for so many rights. We fight for people to not have to take a drug test to collect unemployment. Mm-hmm. We fight for, and I don't want to, we don't need to get into this topic, but we fight for rights. Um, um, a woman's right uh, to choose pro, and have autonomy and, over her own body. Sure. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, we, we are advocates for our own body in so many, like we don't even want to give P to collect a check, you know, but yet, we will allow our employer to force an injection into our body. But is it reasonable? So, okay, so a P, you know, a drug screen to collect a check is a different conversation than a drug screen to keep your nursing license active and be an active nurse in a hospital taking care of patients in which you may or may not be altered. So that's a different scenario. Like, I agree with you that you're, you're right, that like in a, in a broad stroke, having body autonomy is one crucial and two like a hot hot topic at all times um but that's what i was saying before like it's just a different set of circumstances now like aren't kids required to have vaccines before they go to school yes but not the flu shot i guess i just lump it i mean i understand I, i hear what you're saying 
that it's not considered it's not the same it doesn't have the same you know necessarily proven effectiveness and things like that well the whole the whole point of immunizations for children is um the herd, herd immunity. immunity sure right so i mean when you're looking at like polio and the vaccinated and, bunch protect the ones who are not able right. to be protected in that way right or exactly. you know who aren't protected in the way because mom and dad are you know I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't even you get know. into it because that's because you know. <laughs> all I'm going to do you is know. but I have nothing to say to anti-vaxxers except bad things no so don't even send us all your hate man I don't want to hear it you're entitled to your opinion we disagree with it so we're you're not going to to your it. opinion except you're wrong and I hate you oh my god <laughs> Sarah, Sarah hates everybody I love everybody Aww. I'm the good good cop bad cop here there we go so I don't so if if to be hired into a hospital, you have mm-hmm. to pass a drug test. Do you think yes. that's reasonable? Yes. So that would be considered a loss of body autonomy in its own way? Well, I think for most jobs, not just in a hospital, I think most places you have to pass a drug screen. Yeah, they don't want you to be, you know, having the presence of illegal substances as recently as a few <laughs> days ago. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think that has become kind of a standard of employment, period. So I feel like it's more acceptable. But they're not asking me to force something into my body. They're asking me to donate something from my body. Yeah. I mean, well. That that, that comes out fairly regularly. So generous. (laughs) Right. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the benefits outweigh the cost in a huge way with it. And until, like... And I and and in either direction until it's proven to be wildly successful, which it cannot be proven to be, or until years from now, oh, that vaccine that we were all forced to get back in two thousand nine during you know swine flu was you know caused whatever. Mm -hmm. It's hard to exist in that plane of we have absolutely no idea, so therefore we can't make any decisions until we know. Well, I'm not saying you can't make any decisions, but I, I am a firm supporter of hospitals offering free vaccines to their employees, but allowing employees the choice to mask, which let me tell you, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to wear that oh, mask. I hate it's wearing a mask. It's sweaty. It's hot. It's hard to breathe. But at the My same time, fog up. I, I mean, okay, truthfully, I know mine do too. Truthfully... If I were given the option to mask, I would probably get the flu shot anyway because it's such a pain to wear the mask. Mm-hmm. But I believe in the inherent right to choose that for myself. I respect that. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I respect that. So so here's my other thing. You're going to be real bummed when I have super strength from the 2013 flu shot and you don't. <laughs> I, from, did I, I did not get it in 13. <laughs> oh, I just pulled that number out of nowhere. <laughs> no, I didn't start getting it until I think 16 was the first year I got it because that's when it became a condition of employment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so this is my, my final point. And I have scoured the internet and I cannot find... I cannot find where I got this number. But <laughs> I will tell you... Oh, so you know that it's true. <laughs> I know. No, but... When I was doing my master's practicum and I had to shadow administrators, um, I believe that is where this information came from because it would have fallen right around the time of flu shot season. Mm -hmm. In that 
I was told that if the hospital achieved a 90% vaccination rate of their employees, and that was all employees, that was not just nurses, that was mm-hmm. um, environmental services, physicians, to, yep, yeah, everybody. CEO. Yep. Yep. So if they achieved a 90% vaccination rate, they received kickbacks from the government. And like I said, I have looked everywhere to find research supporting this claim and I can't I can't find it, but I also don't know that it's something that would be discussed in a public in, forum sure. either. I mean um, that I mean so First of all, you get kickbacks from the government as a hospital for a huge variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, but if you are as a government agent, so let's just, let's get ready for this sentence. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt for a second. Oh. Which you know that I don't so actually nice. believe that. Oh my God. <laughs> but, okay. That, all right. So what, you, you have 20 seconds where I'm going to okay. give them the benefit of the doubt. If you are trying to incentivize corporations, hospitals, whatever, to do something because the CDC has told you that this is a, a very good, crucial thing to do. Money is going to be a huge way that you're going to incentivize places to do that. Okay. Agree with that. However, that is that would be a perfect reason why a hospital would mandate as a condition of employment their staff to receive the mass or receive the vaccination versus having the ability to receive the vaccination or wear a mask. Well, right, because what if 11 percent want to do the mask and then they don't get their money? Right. Yeah. So okay, now it's a con- now it's a condition of employment, and you want to force shit in my body theory. because you want money. So that that is what puts it over the edge for me, and that is that is why I am against mandatory flu vaccinations <laughs> as a condition of employment. So, yeah, that's that's where I stand. It. I just we we just fight for so many body rights in so many other realms, and I, I just. There have been so many lawsuits on this on this exact case, and it's a shame that I haven't had time to read up more on what the outcomes of these lawsuits have been, because nurses are really starting to stand up for their own rights. I mean, not just with respect to things like vaccinations, but also with well, the like right patient to be safe ratios. At work. And, what's that? I'm sorry. The right to be safe at work is a big one yeah, too. Yes, yeah. in general. I just don't think it falls in the same category. Like I think that your job does get to like just in the the point of being employed somewhere, they do get to mandate certain stuff. Oh man. I don't like it's it. Just, it's just such a fine line. I know. What else can they tell me I have to put in my body? I mean, honestly, like you're talking about, okay, the, the nicotine free places and we, this, this could be a whole other podcast, nicotine free, but yeah. I mean, you start talking about, okay, you make them nicotine free. And the reason that you want to places nicotine free is because of cost insurance days lost at work. You know, what's right behind that in cost of insurance and days lost at work, obesity. So you want to start talking about going down that pathway. And I mean, I work in a hospital system right now where they will serve you the shittiest food choices ever, but there is not a single regular beverage anywhere to be found on any of their campuses. Definitely the truth. It's all diet. And however, I mean, I, not that I, 
like you said, the nicotine free can be a whole different discussion. However, yeah. that's like widely, widely proven, unlike vaccines, to your point, nicotine widely proven to be catastrophic. Well, certainly. That's a public but, health emergency. But obesity is too. Sure. So, so you're saying that if they can discriminate against cigarette smokers, they can discriminate against people who are obese? Sure, why not? Yeah. Like, don't you where's see that coming? Don't well, you see right that coming to next? The, to, to the ethics conversation. Like, where's the line? Yeah. Someone draws yeah. it. It's usually based in money, like we've talked about. Right. So now we've got them forcing injections in our body every year. They have no long-term testing on them, no guaranteed effectiveness. They're making it a condition of employment, and they're getting kickbacks for doing so. You're so glasses half empty with it, though. Like, what if it's really saving lives? And it's not hurting me one bit. I can save lives by wearing a mask. I mean, if we I just say, don't think it's... I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell what's more... Are they, the, are they completely equal options? Well, if we say that in somebody in a droplet precaution room, the only contact precaution things that we need to do are mask and glove, and that's what protects you from droplet precautions, and influenza is a droplet, is a droplet transmission um, virus, right? Which, by the way, then, we can have it? another conversation about isolation oh, rooms entirely. Oh, I have a lot of opinions about that. Oh, my God. I just saw this meme that I love because I'm an ER nurse. And it's, um, I wanted to post it to the Instagram, but I'm an Instagram dummy. But so it's, send um, it to me. I'll do it. Okay. It says, um, it's got this picture of somebody in like this terrible biohazard suit with like a gas mask. And it says how an ICU nurse enters an isolation precaution room. And then the split side of it is Brad Pitt from P- Fight Club with a cigarette sticking out of his mouth and no <laughs> Half shirt. Naked, yeah. And, and it says how an ER nurse enters an isolation precaution room. And, and that's, like, oh my God, so and you funny. know what? Y'all are the ones spreading everything around that's getting to everybody. Well, and that's why I have pneumonia right now. So <laughs> let's be honest. Shoot. I know. On that So note. yeah, I mean, maybe I am, maybe I am glass half empty about it and maybe it is providing, um, you know, immunity across the board and making things safer for our patients. But the argument stands that if, if what we are required to wear into a patient's room on droplet precautions is that yellow mask and that is effective. Okay. Wait, droplet precautions is the N95? No. No, that's respiratory. It's, no. It's the yeah, yellow mask. Just a Do mask. you wear goggles? No. 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 So you walk in with the yellow mask on and that is supposed to prevent the transmission of droplet precautions. So by that notion, I should be able to prevent droplet precautions by wearing a yellow mask. I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're sending nurses into the front lines wearing. Yeah. Saying that that is sufficient, that is sufficient precautions to prevent spread of disease. So if that's what I we're sending into those, don't wear them. well, that's a whole Look other discussion. Washing. That's non-compliance. I mean, but like if knowing if they know the statistics of hand washing are abysmal, that's true. 
they're going to know that this little mask is not going to be worn when you're popping in and out to do something really fast. Or if it is, it's it's quick. It's not, you know, people barely wash their hands, like, uh, without there being a huge threat. So, like, maybe they, well, this is me just speculating wildly. But <laughs> if I was somebody who had to make a decision and it was, like, a binary state of, like, mandatory or not, that would be one of the things I would look at. Like, how am I measuring compliance of PPE and hand washing and, and prevention of of just, um, spreading diseases from person to person? I watch nurses have 60% hand compliance or hand washing compliance. That's and I watch by the a way. group of doctors using the same stethoscope on every patient walk from room to room to room, having probably like 20 to 30% of hand washing compliance, let yeah. alone PE, PPE, let alone anything else on their person. They're leaning over with their, their right. coats and their stethoscopes and they're touching people, people's bare feet and then going to shake my hand. Blah, get out of here. Oh, like, yeah. So that would be one of the overarching things that I would be looking at of like, how compliant is my staff with the most basic of stuff, let alone things that are inconvenient, uncomfortable and time consuming. Okay. But here's a, here's a question. Well, okay. Not to minimize your point. You, oh, you're making, you're making really valid points and I'm not arguing with those points. Like those are all very good points. I do have a question though, which is are physicians being mandated to get the flu shot? Yes. Is it a condition of employment? Yes. And in the cases where it is a binary state of either you get it or you're fired. Yes. Every member of the staff is required to. Really? Cause I don't think my facility runs that way. I would be very interested my fac- if you could find out who, cause if they're not I making be the doctors in that too. do it, then that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. I feel like, um, well, I know but for mine certain, does for sure. they have to, I know for certain a place I worked at a couple years ago, when they started implementing it for nurses, they were not mandating physicians because they could get there. I mean, who is the majority of the workforce in the hospital? It's nurses. Nurses, yeah, they could get the so, vast majority of their numbers. So you can get your you can for. get your ninety percent if you make all nurses get it, and then a few other people get it. You can get your ninety percent. And you don't have to make the physicians get it. And I know for a fact at that facility, and this was a couple years ago, so maybe things have changed, but they were mandating nurses as a condition of employment, but they were not mandating physicians. And well, that, that is a bunch of crap. Yeah. So, all right. So. So. <laughs> so what have we learned today? So what have we learned today? <laughs> Where we do learned you fall on the often- issue? debate just entrenches people in their views but i think that you made some very excellent points i think that i made some decent points as well and just for the record i always win the debate though well challenge i'm just kidding kidding. (laughs) i I mean and ultimately to to uh my you know own chagrin i suppose we don't have any control over it regardless so our opinion of it doesn't seem to matter one little bit and that's nurse coffee talk. And that's where nurse no opinions matter. <laughs> where the opinions don't matter, but we have plenty of them to share. All right. Well, that <laughs> brings us to uh, the end of our time, and I feel like that was uh, for two diametrically opposed people. I feel like it was a rather healthy debate. I agree. I always wondered how the shit would go down between us when uh, we didn't agree on something. Someday, maybe something will really, really break us apart, but. Break us apart. I hope it doesn't break us apart. How will I haunt you then? 
Hmm. Anyway. Listen, I we need hmm. to set up this relationship so that when you die, you can haunt me. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, Let no person or vaccination break us apart. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, everybody, feel free to send us all your feedback uh, and let us know what you think about flu vaccinations. If you love them, if you hate them, if you fall in between, um, if you tell think us bunch your of- hospital, what the rule is, and if it's mandatory, does is it mandatory for everybody, or do doctors get an out? I need to know the statistics on this. I need to know this too. Let us That's know insane. immediately. This is very important. Oh. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of a Nurse Coffee Talk episode. Send us your email at nursecoffeetalk at gmail.com. Hit us up on Insta at Nurse Coffee Talk. And you guys have a beautiful week. We can't wait to see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.